You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Hello, everybody. My name is Robert Carrillo, and I want to welcome you to our special new series on Spirituality 101. And we're going to be going through some uh, basic teachings about spirituality, going through some history of spirituality, going through some practicals of how to grow spiritually. I'm amazed right now at what I'm seeing, uh, changes that I'm seeing out there in the world and and particularly in the church, uh, people growing in awareness of their spirituality or the need for spirituality. And I think, you know, with everything that's happened over this last year in 2020 and now 2021, it's put a lot of stress and a, and a lot of anxiety in, in many of our hearts, many of our lives have, have been really uh, just racked with with fear of what could go wrong. And, and it's affecting everybody at different ways and at different levels. But I think uh, it's, it's, it's kind of awoken a, a hunger for spirituality. And the good part of everything that's happening is how many people I see really hungering, searching, knocking on the door, trying to grow spiritually. And that's a beautiful thing. That is a wonderful thing. And so I'm excited to launch this series. Um, for those of you who don't know me, again, my name is Robert Carrillo. Um, I've been in the ministry for about oh, 35 years. I've been a Christian following Jesus for 38 years. And uh, I've traveled all over the world, both as a missionary, bouncing around the globe, and then later on working with Hope Worldwide, working with the poorest and neediest communities and communities suffering all around the world and, and have been uh, given an education in compassion, in sympathy, in spirituality, in learning. And then uh, I had the blessing of being able to do my Master's in Divinity at Pepperdine University and now at Fuller Seminary getting my doctorate as I serve uh, the metro region of the Los Angeles International Church of Christ here in Los Angeles. And what a great blessing, what a great uh, opportunity to learn and grow and I've learned so much uh, after 38 years. I, I can happily say I'm just having the most incredible time in my spiritual walk, in my spiritual life, where I'm at in my spiritual journey. And I can't wait to share all that I've learned, all that I'm learning with you and together grow. Because it's it's this is not really so much about me teaching you as much as about me helping you to position yourself closer to God and be able to grow spiritually. As I have been blessed to have uh, a guide and help and people who've been able to help me along my journey. So I wish this to be that for you now. So the very first class where it's going to be just an introduction, an introduction, this is part A of just spirituality. What is spirituality, right? Um, so I'm going to go right, we're going to start out with um, an with uh, Mark chapter 1 and verse 18, where John the Baptist is speaking, and he says, I baptize, baptize you with water, but he, and he's speaking of Jesus, of course, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Jesus was initiating a, a what you could call a new movement, right? In, in the people, amongst the people of God, a, a greater way, a greater pact, a greater covenant, uh, which we which we later will call Christianity, right? And and being and that call being a call to be disciples of Jesus, to be followers of Jesus, to be Christians. 
And so John the Baptist gets sent to prepare the way. And he talks about, uh, he says, you know, that he will baptize, but soon Jesus will come and baptize us with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the Holy Spirit, uh, it's one of those topics that a lot of times we get kind of nervous talking about, you know. Um, we, we're, we're all pretty familiar with the Father. We're very familiar with the Son. Not so familiar with the Holy Spirit. And consequently, a lot of times we just don't talk a lot about Him. We don't talk about the Holy Spirit. And yet, He has such an active role in the Scriptures, in the Bible, in forming God's people and forming us as as individuals, as disciples of Jesus, as followers, as Christians. And yet we, we just don't talk a lot about them. And there's so many different teachings and different ideas. And, and truthfully, just being honest, there's some really wacky stuff out there and about what people claim is the Spirit and, and what people claim means to be led by the Holy Spirit. So I, wanna, I hope to uh, jump into some scriptures and just get a, a little clearer idea of what it means to really be a spiritual person. And and so that kind of will lay the foundation of our spirituality and the things that we'll learn about spirituality. So we will jump right in. So so first comes John the Baptist, right? And he's preaching this. In Matthew 12, uh, God verifies Jesus when he's getting baptized. He says, here's my servant, who, my servant whom I have chosen, the one I love, in whom I delight. I mean... Isn't that awesome? I mean, wouldn't you like to have God say that in a booming voice? This is my servant, the one I love, the one I delight in. And obviously God is is totally encouraging Jesus, right? And he says, I will put my spirit on him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. You know, he's empowering Jesus He's sending out Jesus. This is the the great mission in the history of mankind is the salvation of mankind. And Jesus is sent for that mission. And what must happen? Well, he needs the spirit of God. He needs the Holy Spirit. And and so God is putting his spirit on him, which is a whole nother study. There's a difference sometimes between the spirit in you and the spirit on you. But uh, we, that's not the study for today. But but understand the importance of, of the Holy Spirit, that God would make that very clear that his spirit would be on Jesus. And and, and after that, he says, anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever but who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. There is a warning. Later on, Jesus talks about the, the importance of respecting the Spirit of God, respecting the Holy Spirit. You know, he says, he says that you can even talk bad about Jesus and you can be forgiven, but you better not talk bad about the Holy Spirit and you will not be forgiven for that. And I think even that kind of makes us a little nervous about talking about the Holy Spirit. And, you know, it's a little, it's interesting because of the, I have heard literally thousands of sermons and I can count how many sermons I've heard on the Holy Spirit in one hand, you know, just not many, I think maybe three or four. Right. And generally people are a little afraid to go there because because it's a mystery. There's so much mystery involved. And in our culture, we, we generally don't like mystery. We like being able to explain everything, have, you know, have everything 
clear and understandable. And the Holy Spirit is very much shrouded in mystery. There's many things we don't know. There's a whole lot more we don't know about the Holy Spirit than there is that we do know. But we do know some things. And one thing for sure is we know that we must respect the Holy Spirit. We must be aware of the Holy Spirit. Again, it is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in whom we were baptized into, not just the Father and the Son. So, yeah, it's incredibly important that we understand more about the Holy Spirit. Jesus prayed uh, in, in, um, with the apostles. He said, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And, of course, this was a very difficult moment in the ministry of Jesus. And he's asking the guys to hang in there with him. And he tells them, and he, and he just makes this little comment. He says, the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. And I would say that that describes a lot of the Christian life. You know, the spirit is willing. The spirit of God is wanting us to do these great things, to share our faith, to have an impact on others, to love our enemies, to be a light to the world. But the flesh is weak. You know, we're tired or we sleep in. We don't have time to have a good quiet time or we rush our prayer time or or we're just not that spiritual and our bodies are tired and we're distracted and we got other things we got things on our mind and 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 the spirit is is like ready to go the spirit is ready to make something happen and it's important to be aware of that you know we are we are um we are blessed and 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 the bible teaches when we're baptized we got the holy spirit right god put the spirit his spirit in us when we received the gift of the holy spirit when we were baptized but oftentimes we forget we, we forget the Spirit's in us. We forget the Spirit of God is residing in us with our soul, in our soul. And it's important to remember that. It's important to understand that and to know that, that we are not humans having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. We have to become aware. That's part of, that's part of growing in spirituality is becoming aware of the spirit in you, the spirit of God, becoming aware of God and becoming aware of ourselves. But I don't want to jump ahead. In Luke chapter four, we read, uh, Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, four verse 18. Jesus full of the Holy Spirit left the Jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness. Luke chapter four, one. And then we read, Jesus returned to Galilee. I'm kind of hopping through chapter 4 because uh, we don't have time to read every verse, but I wanted to particularly focus on the ones where the Spirit was moving and taking action. So he leads Jesus into the wilderness in Luke 4.1. Then it says in verse 14, Jesus returned to Galilee in the Spirit, in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was full of the Spirit of God. He was filled in the power of the Spirit. And that's how he returned, you know. And take note, what had he been doing? He had been praying and fasting and being time in time alone with God, right? And he comes back full of God's Spirit. You're going to see that that's very much tied in together. Time with God, time in prayer, fasting, That what, what, what we'll talk about later, the spiritual disciplines, how they fill us with the Spirit, right? This, and then in verse 18, we read, uh, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. I mean, notice that, that of course, he's quoting Isaiah, but... What is he saying? 
Is he saying God sent me? No, he's saying the Spirit of the Lord sent me. The Spirit sent him to do what? To proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free. This is the work of the Spirit of God. This is what God's Spirit does. So it's important to note that. It's important. I want you to stop for a second. Think about that. This is what the Spirit does. This is what it did with Jesus. And I guarantee you, he's trying to do the same thing with us, right? To proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for prisoners, to recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free. Now, does he mean that metaphorically? Does he mean that physically? Does he mean that practically? My answer would be yes, all of the above. You know, oppression can be from from somebody in prison suffering that needlessly or suffering from poverty or suffering from abuse or suffering from addiction. All of those from physical to emotional to chemically, people need to be set free. And that's part of what the Spirit does and what the Spirit sends us to do to help people who are struggling, whether it's freedom from sin, freedom from hatred, freedom from oppression, freedom from injustice, whatever those are, whatever they mean in our day and age. And that's going to mean a little bit different depending on the person, depending on the family, depending on the region of the world, depending on what time in history they live. But but this is what the Spirit does. So, so it's, it's, the spirit we see is very active and it was sending Jesus into action, basically. In John chapter four, verse 23, we read, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshiper, worshipers the father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. You know, it, it's, 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 he's, he's talking about a new time period where it's not just, you know, read and obey. It's not just follow the rules. It's a spiritual thing. And we must activate in a sense and be aware of the spiritual realms and, and the spirit of God in us and, and listen to that and allow God to move us and change us. When we hear a class, when we hear a sermon and we're listening to the word of God, the word is working on us and activating the spirit to change our hearts, to change our minds, to, to empower us, to give us the strength. Many, many, many of us experience this when we study the Bible to become Christians. All of a sudden, we changed things we couldn't change before. All of a sudden, we had the power to overcome. We were set free of things. So many of us, we, we've already had this experience. And unfortunately, a lot of times we kind of forget it. And then we start living what I would call a secular Christian life, meaning trying to be godly without God, trying to be spiritual without the spirit, trying to be a Christian without the Christ. We just try, we're, we're, And what does that leave you? That leaves you a religious person. And a lot of people in the world are religious people. And what's the difference between them and the world? Well, they follow a bunch of rules. They don't do this, they don't do that, and they do this and they do that. But they don't really have any more power than anyone else. They don't necessarily do anything more than anyone else. They're just religious. And that's not what God was doing. And that's what Jesus came to usher in a time where people would be spiritually in tune with God and in tune with the Spirit of God in them. And these are the kind of worshipers. And notice that he he connects truth to this in spirit and in truth. And, And he says the worshipers must worship in the spirit 
and in truth. You know, the, and there's a danger out there because it's easy to confuse spirituality with emotionalism, you know, and or even uh, there's a lot of strange stuff out there. I mean, there's religions where people literally, where they bark like dogs and supposedly that means they're in the spirit or they fall on the floor and shake and supposedly that means the Holy Spirit got them or, or there's just a lot of weird stuff. People literally, they call it laughing in the Lord and they start laughing and they think that's the spirit. There's a lot of strange stuff. It has to be tied to the truth. It has to be tied to the truth. It's spirit and truth. Well, how do we know what the truth is? Well, obviously, we have the scriptures to guide us along. Everything we believe, everything we practice should be tied to scripture. And that's how we know we're staying in the spirit and in the truth, right? We're not just getting left off, led off to some emotional, weird thinking. You know, it has to tie into the scriptures. It has to tie into truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So it has to tie into Jesus. And that's how we know. Those are the guardrails. Those are the, the train tracks that can guide us along. So we're not afraid. I think, honestly, a, a lot of times people fear talking about the Spirit, talking about spiritual things because they're afraid it's going to go off in some weird direction. That, oh, no, we're all going to become Buddhist or we're all going to become some Pentecostal weirdo or something, you know. And, and, and yeah, there is a danger of that, but hopefully we're smarter than that. Hopefully we can focus on scripture and we can focus. We're not led by, you know, deceitful teachings or emotionalism, but we're led by scripture. We're led by Jesus and we're led by the spirit of God. And that's really the idea behind all of this. And so, you know, we read in Acts chapter two, when Peter started the church, He's quoting, of course, the prophet Joel, and he says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit, and all people, your sons and daughters, will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I love this because... Peter is starting the, 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 the church or establishing the kingdom of God as we know it. And he gets, he gets to do the sermon. What does he quote? He quotes prophet Joel, the prophet Joel. And what does the prophet Joel says? That in the last times, God is going to pour out his spirit on everybody. It's not going to be just a select few. It's not going to be just a few chosen. It's going to be a much bigger number of chosen that will include young and old men and women uh even you know on on all kinds of people from all kinds of backgrounds even gentiles you know from everywhere all over the world that will will all be able to have access to God's spirit and you know we we kind of take that for granted well of course yeah no listen this is huge that we can be led by the spirit and and here's the truth let's just be honest we don't think about that very often. We're, we're not very aware of that. And I mean, did you think about this morning when you got up, when you prayed, did you pray that the Spirit would guide you along and, and move your heart and reveal things to you and help you to see? Did you listen to hear if God was whispering anything? I mean, generally, we don't do that very often. And that's part of growing spiritually. That's part of the what spiritual practices are, is learning to be in tune with God, learning to be to pay attention and to hear what God is saying or to to hear when we read scripture what is God saying to me when I read this scripture 
Oftentimes we read scripture and we're looking for new facts and cool things about God, but we're not listening to what is God saying to me. We hear a sermon, we walk in, we, we go to church, we listen to a sermon, we walk out. We're, not, we're any different, no different. Even though we've heard the word of God preached, it, we didn't allow it to change us because we weren't paying attention. And Jesus warned us about that. He's talked a lot about they'll be ever seeing, but not perceiving, ever hearing, but not understanding, right? We need to be the ones with a childlike heart that we allow God to speak to us and we hear him. When we hear a scripture, we hear what God is telling us in that scripture. The spirit is always moving and always working. In Acts 13, 52, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. This was the description of the church. They were filled with joy and filled with the Spirit. There are 67 references in the book of Acts. I mean, the, the, the book of Acts is actually short for the long name, was the Acts of the Apostles. But many people argued that it should have been called the Acts of the Holy Spirit because every step of the way through the book of Acts, you see the Holy Spirit moving, giving visions and talking to people and pushing people and, and causing persecutions to break out. I mean, just, it was, it was really the Holy Spirit that moved the church out of Jerusalem and got the disciples moving. Uh, in Acts 20, it says, and now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. And of course, you know, Paul's talking about going back to Jerusalem and, and, and he's compelled. Here's the thing, is the, the more spiritual we are, the more compelled we are. You understand that word, compelled? That something moves you forward. You're compelled. You're, it's not you. It's not you saying, I'm going to go do this. It's all, something is driving you forward. Something is moving you. And, and if you don't do it, you're not going to be right. You're going to be, you're going to be disturbed in your soul. You just, you know, I got to go do this. That comes from walking in the Spirit. That comes from being in tune with the Spirit. So, you know, the constant question always is, how spiritual is the church? How spiritual are we as individuals? How in tune with the Spirit are you right now? You know, and 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 uh, and, and this is huge. This is huge. I think that a lot of people are getting very affected by the troubles of the world because of a lack of spirituality or a shallowness in spirituality. What moves us? What affects us? What, what drives us forward? What empowers us or doesn't empower us? And therefore, we're overpowered by the things of the world, by temptation, by sin. These are all really important concepts that really matter. You know, they really, really matter. Um, in, in Romans 8, he says, and, and, and the whole chapter 8 of Romans is, is huge about spirituality. He says, in order that righteousness, that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Okay, we live according to the Spirit. That He's describing Christianity. He's describing what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. We live according to the Spirit. So we've got to be aware of the Spirit. We've got to be aware of what the Spirit is telling us. Who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. 
What's everybody want right now? They want a good life and they want peace. Where's that come from? It comes from the Spirit of God. But people don't know that. But we, the disciples of Jesus, need to know that and need to live that way. That we are led by the Spirit. And we keep reading it in verse 7. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. They do not belong to Christ. This has nothing to do with a membership in a church. It has everything to do with our spirituality. And he asks, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, if the Spirit of God lives in us, or have we frustrated the Spirit? Have we expelled the Spirit? Have we ignored the Spirit? Have we shut the Spirit down in us? Or do we sow to the Spirit? Do we listen to the Spirit? Do we read and pray and seek out God's guidance through the Spirit, through His Spirit in us? And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. He doesn't say if anyone's not a member of the church. He says if you don't have the Spirit. If you're not in touch with the Spirit. So it's it's a very important thing. And it really shows up in life. And it really shows up in how successful we are as Christians. How much do we walk in the Spirit? Do we allow ourselves to be led by the Spirit of God? And and and, and I want to read just this one line and we'll, we'll move on. We're going to wrap up here. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. That's what it's all about right there, right? Is being children of God. Being God's people. That's why we go to church, right? It's why we have quiet times. It's why we, we pray. We, we are God's children. And so what it bottom line means is we have to be led by the Spirit of God. And, and I'll tell you right now, that's, that's an easy thing to not happen. And I think that much of my own Christian life, I've had a very shallow relationship with the Spirit of God. And I've, I've been committed because I love God, because I'm grateful, and I bet you have too. And that's so we're committed. But it really isn't until later that I'm beginning to really understand the Spirit and allow the Spirit to teach me. And I don't mean like some eerie, weird thing, you know, the cloud falls on me or something. It's from really taking time to meditate, to pray, to listen, to practice silence and solitude, to, to read over Scripture carefully and meditate on it. This, these are times where we open doors and we begin to hear and understand and see things much deeper. Most of the time, we're so busy in life, you know, we get a prayer in, we get a little bit of reading in, and we, we might be running out the door or on the way to work or something. And you know what that's like? It's like dropping, it's like standing under a, a shower that leaks and trying to take a shower one drop at a time versus pouring it on and soaking in in the shower. And that's what we're called to do, to immerse ourselves in God, to be baptized into him, not just in water, but in the spirit as well. And God will give us something incredibly unique. So we're going to stop there. And that's kind of an introduction. This is the spiritual journey and we're all on it. And this is an opportunity to take some big steps forward 
in our spirituality and our level of spirituality. I've got some uh, really cool stuff coming out that I'm going to have. I'm calling it Under the Broom Tree. I'm creating a special little bulletin just for spiritual events and spiritual opportunities to grow. And it'll include apps and different things to help you to meditate and all that kind of cool stuff. And if you'd like to be, I'm going to, for anybody who really wants to pursue this on another level, um, I've got a website set up just for that, thewayofthepilgrim.com, thewayofthepilgrim.com, where it's all going to be about spirituality and spiritual growing. So we'll stop there. See you next class. Buen Camino. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit metrolaregion.com 